the Raising Mums podcast. My name is Gemma Elizabeth and in this new season of the show I'll be interviewing Muslim women who are striving to raise the name of Allah and serve the Prophet in their own unique ways using their God-given talents inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sabbihi wa sallam. When it comes to your children's education, I am pretty sure you've thought a lot about this, about the academics, about the sports, maybe as also about the religious aspect of their upbringing. But what is often overlooked is giving our children the space and the time they need to reflect, to think deeply, to look around them at the world they live in, at the signs that are all around them, that are pointing them back to their creator. In today's episode, Sister Mona walks us through how we can use poetry to facilitate reflection for our children and why that is so important. At the most recent Daybreak Press Awards, her and her team racked up quite a collection of awards and most recently, they picked up the best book of religious poetry at the American Book Fest 2023. So let's jump straight in. Tell me, how did all of this come about? You know, how did you start writing and publishing books for Muslim children? So it's it's really interesting. Um, I didn't actually start out with the intention of writing for for anyone. Really, it was uh, a few Ramadans ago. Um, I was introduced to the work of Ustada Jinan Yusuf. Um, she's the author of Reflecting on Allah's Names. It's a beautiful book by Burich Press. Uh, but back, this was several Ramadans ago, she didn't actually have it published. It was just a series of essays on a website. And um, as I read these essays and the research, you know, the more I read it, like, I was just so amazed by who Allah was and is subhanallah and you know as an adult there were so many things I knew names but I didn't understand the names I knew his names I knew his attributes but I didn't necessarily understand that them and I wanted my children to be able to do that and I mean they knew about who Allah was and they knew about Jannah um, but I wanted them to really really love Allah um, because to really worship Allah, you really need to, you know, as they go along, they really need to love him. And so I reached out to Stella Janan and I just said, do you mind if I, you know, write some poems for children? And she was more than happy. And so I just started writing. And to be honest, the poems were really never meant to be for anyone other than my own family. And um I happened to send one to a friend and she was like, look, you need to get this published. 
So again, with the start of Jana's permission, uh, I reached out to the Naima B. Roberts and I joined one of her writing courses and it kind of really took off from there, subhanAllah. So it was just one of those things that um, the intention was really to teach my children about who Allah was and it ended up being something more, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah, that's a beautiful story. How, you know, Allah just opened the doors um, for of tawfiq for you. And, and in this way, not only now is your are your words teaching your own children, but they're going to be teaching so many other children all over the world. SubhanAllah, that's so beautiful. Um, so your book of poems is called Connecting with Allah. Yes. Um, a gentle book of rhymes on Allah's names and attributes that invites the reader to know and love their creator. And that's something that you mentioned there, that you, it wasn't just that you wanted your children to know Allah, but you said that you really wanted them to love him. And I, at the back of the book, it says, and I, I won't read the whole thing out, and forgive me if I, if I don't say it quite right, um, but no. it says something beautiful that I just want to read out. It says, read it, read in the warmth of someone's lap or as a family affair, these gentle rhymes will soothe the heart whilst making you aware. And I just, that just speaks to me so much. You know, there's something that has to be said for learning about Allah in a loving environment of the home, particularly from the mother. You know, the mother is so pivotal in a child's development. Yes. Um, she is without a doubt the person who the child loves the most at least at first, um, yeah. in those early years, yeah. has the most influence on the child. So her words are so powerful and they go straight into the heart of the child. So if you think about it, you are teaching your child about the one who loves them the most and they're hearing the words from the one they love the most. It's just such a powerful concept of bringing your child onto your lap and teaching them or, or bringing them, you know, bringing the family together and reading together yes. and learning about Allah in a group, in that loving environment, which is really, it's what home education is all about. Yes. But, you know, we're not just talking about learning about Allah. We're talking specifically about poetry that you've created. So was there a specific reason why you chose that form in, 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 you know, why did you choose to convey these beautiful meanings and lessons through rhyme rather than conventional prose? That's actually a really good question. And um, I think one of the biggest reasons was I found children, all of us really. Um, and when I was looking, so when I wrote it, I think my daughter was, gosh, I, did, I think she was about four or five. Um, and I remember her, you know, she was so quick to learn anything that rhymed or a song or, you know, like poems or you could teach them anything with like a rhyme or a tune at that age and they would pick it up. And to be honest, it's the same with me. I mean, my party trick is that, you know, I can still re recite Abu Ben Adem by Lee Hunt uh, from off the top of my head. Do you know what I mean? It's one <laughs> of those things that we remember. And I didn't want children to just know. Um, I wanted them to actually remember Allah's names. I wanted it to be, 
you know, like sometimes you, I'm not comparing it to a song per se, uh, but you know, like these, even like the wheels on the bus, you hear it and then it's like it's in your head. And I wanted them to remember who Allah was. And I wanted it to be something, yeah, that they, that it really came to them. The And it's really interesting that you mentioned about this mother's love and reading it as a family, because subhanAllah, I, I promise you that was my hope for the book. My hope for the book was always that it would be read and enjoyed as a family. Uh, mothers, fathers, families, siblings discussing and really just enjoying learning about Allah together. And for me, that was really important because, like you said, you know, the mother, the par- mother specifically and parents as well the children love them the most and I have this firm belief that when children are young their parents actually kind of like their god figure when they're quite young and how they are with their parents is how they later think of Allah one of the things that I wanted was this warm fuzzy feeling that you know we get when we sit together as a family i wanted children to have that and to associate it with the memory of learning allah's names that's why poetry that's why i wanted it to like you know to be done in a way that families could read it together and enjoy it together it, it's something that we've spoken about before on this podcast is that idea that when you engage the heart of the child that's when true learning really happens. Otherwise, it's all just superficial. It's all just information and it's soon forgotten. But when you engage the heart in the way that you're talking about here, that's when true learning happens. And I love this idea you said about, you know, how rhymes, you never forget rhymes. And it's the same for me, like it's the jingles from adverts that I can't, I just cannot get them out of my head. And I won't sing any for you now because otherwise you'll be singing them all day. But it's the same idea that when you, if you're reading these rhymes to your children about Allah, then inshallah, those rhymes will penetrate like deep into the child. It'll become a yeah. part of them. And then when they're my age, inshallah, they'll still have that. They'll still be carrying those beautiful words around with them. Um, inshallah. Inshallah. So I, if it's not too much to ask, would you mind sharing one or two of your poems today? It would be just wonderful if you could read one or two out for us. Was that too much to ask? No, 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 of course, I would be really happy to. Um, I would personally, just giving everything uh, that's happening in the world at the moment in Palestine, um, you know, one of the questions, so I actually, I teach in a madrasa, um, and one of the questions that um, children often ask is, you know, why is Allah letting this happen? And we've had a lot of conversations about that. And one of the names, uh, well, two of the names that, uh, I wanted to recite a poem on Al-Muqaddim and Al-Muakhir. The one who brings forward and the one who delays. Um, so I'll recite it first and then um, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Al-Muqaddim brings things forward. Al-Muakhir, he delays. Some things are brought forth quickly while some things are kept away. He does this in his wisdom. Be content with what's decreed. Trust in Allah's timing for he knows what you need. See, let me not love to speed up what has been deferred. Let me not wish to delay that which has occurred. And I think for me, um, yeah, that poem, 
especially for us when sometimes we don't understand why things are happening you know we want answers now we want things solved now and knowing these names of Allah and I think that's the beauty of Allah's names knowing them brings comfort that Allah has a plan and he will do things when it's the right time um the other one if it's okay uh, for me to read out another one is al-hakam the ultimate judge al-hakam is the ultimate judge both in this world and the next what happens to you is his decree so trust him and don't get vexed not a single soul will be wronged al-hakam treats people with justice know that you'll be judged by him so treat others with mercy and justness Whenever you perform good deeds, he will multiply the reward. For one bad action or mistake, a single sin will he record. So follow what has been revealed. Be steadfast till his judgment. Al-Hakam is the best of judges. His wisdom is abundant. Knowing who Allah is, I think, gives me a lot of comfort in good times and bad, knowing his different names. And so that's why I wanted to share the poems now to give people's hearts comfort just so that they know that. And every we know this, we know this in our minds. Uh, but yeah, just so that we remind ourselves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has a plan, you know, uh, he brings things forward for a reason. He delays things for a reason. And ultimately he is the best of judges. Jazakallah khair for that. That's uh very poignant in in terms of what's going on today so thank you for that in the book after each of the poems i really appreciate the fact that you give these prompts that encourage people to reflect on the poem itself and on the meanings of the poem um, and we know from the quran we know that allah has created signs in, in fact the whole of creation is a sign for us to yeah. reflect on and to learn from um, and every opportunity, every breath we take is an opportunity to learn. And I, I love that by giving your children this opportunity to reflect after the poem, we are sort of teaching them to establish this habit of reflection in their lives um, and to reflect on Allah. And I, I don't think this is something that kids get much of an opportunity to do in today's world. It's always um, moving from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, activity to activity. Yeah, um, We have a bit more scope for that in when you're home educating. Um, but I, I just love that you've given children that opportunity to reflect and to um, and you've given that a priority. What was the hope that you had in including these reflection exercises in the book? You know, I think you you really hit the nail on the head. Um, we move in such a fast-paced world. We often don't take time to reflect on the things that we're learning, to reflect on the things that we're experiencing. And even myself as an adult, um, I've noticed, you know, I'll be reading these books and if I don't put the information into, uh, into action, it becomes very easy for me to actually just forget what I've read or to put it in the back of my head and it only comes out, you know, like a while later or, you know. Um, and I, going back to this whole concept of uh, what we were talking about earlier, sitting together as families and learning and reflecting together, I wanted children and their families to act on what they were learning and I think 
there is a beauty in things done in community. You know, um, we live in a world where things are often done on a very individual basis, like each one does it on their own. But when we do it in community, that's where the magic happens. When we do it in a group setting, um, somebody might say something that sparks off an idea in somebody else's head. You know, your son might say something, his brother might say something, and everybody then starts thinking, you know, it's it's almost like it builds something, it adds on, and it becomes then something that, you know, families can hopefully add to their everyday and um, all of that. So it really is a starting point for me more than anything else. It was a starting point for families to have discussions. It wasn't like, this is it, this is the reflection question. I wanted people to actually use this as kind of a, a springboard, if you will, to further discuss how they were going to incorporate this name of Allah in their lives, how they were going to actually live it, so to speak. SubhanAllah. And isn't that what it's all about? You know, well, that's why we learn to implement it, to live it, to be it. I, I yeah. really love that. And the idea of, um, of having conversations as a group and learning as a group. And we all do have something that we bring to the table that's different, especially our children. Um, yes. Um, so I think that's really valuable. And something I was just listening to in the car um, just just before this interview, I was listening to a lecture by Sheikh Yahya Rodas, and he was emphasizing the fact that, you know, as parents or educators, we focus a lot on getting our children to read. We get to read books, to read the Quran, mashallah, but we need to help them to learn how to read the signs the signs are all around them and reflecting on the names of Allah applying that in their lives um, through these poems is a fantastic way to do that Um, so in line with reflection and also self-awareness you've also published a beautiful gratitude journal walk me through how that came about and your intentions behind that First of all, that thing that uh, Sheikh Yahya said, that that's amazing because it's true. There, are, there really are signs everywhere, you know, um, everywhere if we just look for it. And I think that was kind of part of the gratitude journal, um, the biggest part. Gratitude is the key to contentment. You know, I wanted to build a gratitude habit for myself. Everywhere I looked, I was looking at journals and all of this, and a lot of the journals, and they're beautiful, they're stunning, uh, they're, they're beautifully made, they're well done. But then I also knew myself, which is I have good days, bad days, and days in between. And a lot of the journals had the same activity every day. So they either had the same activities every day, or they had, it had prompts for every day of the week or every day of the year. And knowing myself and looking at the fast-paced world we live in, I know that every day is not going to be a day where people want to sit down and write. Maybe one day they're just struggling to find anything to be grateful for. We've all had those days, you know, where sometimes things just feel very dark and it's just, I I don't know, like, what is, you know, oh, I'm breathing, alhamdulillah. And then I was like, yeah, sometimes people don't even have that which is why, for instance, one of the activities is like, there's just like a list of things, a list of words, and people can just highlight what's making them happy that day, you know. Um, But really, I wanted something, it was more about building the habit. So for me, 
I thought about myself. I thought about the fast-paced world we live in. I spoke to friends and I wanted to create a journal which would take our different likes, life circumstances, moods, um, you know, all of that into account while still helping us to build um, this habit. And, you know, like you said, going back to what Sheikh Yahya said, you know, it's all around. The good is all around. And, you know, the more you see good, the more the, the more you're grateful, the more you see good. And, you know, that verse in um, Surah Ibrahim, um, if you are grateful, I will increase you. We've actually put that in, in the book as well. You know, the more I've noticed that I'm grateful, the more I see things to be grateful for. It's actually been something that's been very popular amongst young girls, the book. Uh, but to get my myself, you know, children, everything just involved in what's something for me to be grateful about today. And uh, it's the a journal for good days, bad days, and all the days in between. Uh, that's how we saw it, myself and my illustrator, um, The Lettered Inkling, who illustrated both books and is amazing, Allahumma Barik. It is a really beautiful book and it's it's a very relaxed book. I'm encouraging you to go and, and go and take a look at it, um, inshallah, on your Instagram page. And I'll put links uh, in the show notes where you can find it. But it's a beautiful book, but you can use it however you want. It's not particularly structured. So I think it would work well for children or for adults. Yeah. And you've, put, um, you've quoted uh, another uh, ayah from the Quran, um, from Surah Baqarah. Um, it may be that you dislike a thing which is good for you. And that you like a thing which is bad for you. Allah knows, but you do not know. So yes. I just love that. I love that you've, you know, you, it's brought these two sort of very secular gratitude journals that we find. You've brought Islam into this one. Um, because, of course, gratitude is a, is a part of our religion, a big part of our religion. Um, yeah. so I love that. It's a really beautiful book. Um, so if people do want to find out more about your books, maybe see some photos, maybe buy them. Uh, where can they Where can they do that online? So basically, um, we uh, have our website, which is zachandaslam.com, and they can go there. We also have several stockists, both in the UK and abroad, uh, also which can be found on our website. So we have like a stockist page, and people can go and see where it's sold, both in the UK and abroad. We will put links for that in the show notes to this episode. Thank, Thank you, you so much, uh, Sister Mona, for coming onto the show. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair. Thank you so much, Sister Java. Wasn't that great? I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Sister Mona. If you want to connect with her online, her website, as was mentioned, is zakandaslam.com and they are also on Instagram and those links will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening from and share this episode with your friends in your WhatsApp groups. Share this episode out with your friends. I'll be back next month with another interview, inshallah. So until then, assalamu alaikum.